Clitus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs> What's going on? Welcome back to the Hell Ming Power Hour, the only show that takes a four-month break between episodes so we can bring you the best. <laughs> best what? I don't know. <laughs> we just don't want to crank out a bunch of crap week after week. We save up our crap for four months and do one show. <laughs> and join me on this, uh, this run of greatness. I have my partner, Danny Bennett. What is up? Welcome, everyone, to Helming Power Hour. We are back. And uh, like Rick said, we try and make sure that our content is quality. And sometimes quality takes time. Uh, I like that. That's good. I just made it up. And also, in the other corner, weighing 222 pounds, full of muscle, <laughs> eating lightning and crap and thunder, <laughs> we have the one and only Mark Allison. What's up, Mark? Hey, 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 it is back. We are back. The only show on the network that stays crispy in milk, the Hail Ming Power Hour. <laughs> I like how every one of us said, the only show. <laughs> yes. We, we and like we to have feel to clear special. one thing up here, is we didn't take four months off. We were doing a show right on schedule. And then the time chicken blew up, and, you know... Things got crazy at that point there. So we've actually been working on this show for 42 years, but we are back. <laughs> Hold on. I have to add that to the wheel of excuses. Time chicken blew up. Yes. We have to make us a wheel of excuses here. <laughs> Just spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. Anyone who's interested in their turn, own turn, turn. wheel of excuses, you know, just just <laughs> drop us a line. They only cost six hundred dollars. <laughs> it's okay shipping. though. We take cash. Absolutely, we take cash. So, folks, I, I'm really excited about this one, and we'll just see how it goes. But I've been waiting to do this this movie particularly since probably the second or third episode. <laughs> We've never gotten around to it, so. We are going to cover basically my favorite movie of all time, which is 1978's Superman the Movie. I know you've heard me gush over it on the other shows and even early on in this in this show as well. Not this show, but you know what I'm talking about. The Hell Ming shows. But we're finally going to talk about some Superman. So I hope you are ready for that. But before we do that, we have to pay the bills because we've been off for four months. Sponsors are a little pissed off at us. 
So we got to talk about our sponsors. So who who wants to go first? Who's got a sponsor for us? Time chickens are expensive. Um, I, I don't have a sponsor for us. So Mark, <laughs> what you got? <laughs> well, I do have a sponsor for us. Um, uh, on our hiatus here, I was doing some self-reflection and trying to improve myself as a person. And I found a great guide in this. And in fact, I have his commercial right here. Throughout time, we have sought answers. Socrates, Plato, Confucius. People look to the past for wisdom of the future. But now there is a philosopher for the modern age. Mandeep. Mandeep explores a modern-day philosophy on what it means to be a man in his new book, Going Mandeep with Mandeep. Mandeep. Hear him question the universe with inquiries like, Will chicken fried chicken ever replace chicken fried steak as America's favorite meat fried meat? Mandeep. Marvel at his outlook on life. A day without sunshine is like a bar without nudie. Mandeep. <laughs> Learn our place in existence. Near beer is not a beverage. It is a location. Mandeep. You too can take it deep like a man with going Mandeep with Mandeep. Just as soon as he gets enough on his Kickstarter to self-publish because no one else will touch this project. Mandeep. <laughs> Man, that was deep. <laughs> and deep. Where, where do Man I get that? Deep. I think I need some of that in my life right now. <laughs> you need some man deep? I need a little man deep. Hey, come on over here. Let me show you my man deep. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's good to know that, you know, we're only one man deep. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay, I picked up a, a new sponsor from a, it's a buddy of ours. That uh, we see pretty much every year in Texas, but uh, Billy Stewart, Danny, you know, you know Billy Stewart, right? From uh, Scary Dad, right? Yeah. Scary Dad, and he's also he's he's putting on his own horror convention in Texas as well. So, but he's come up with another product too, which is uh, Billy Stewart's Meat Emporium. And uh, you know, like I said, he he does a lot of different projects, but uh, I, I, he's feeling really strong about this one. He sent me some samples and. Uh, he wanted us to come pr- promote his new product, but also he just wanted to put out his new slogan for the company, which is, uh, you can beat our prices, but you can't beat our meat. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> that's, I wouldn't like even some, try to beat his meat. That's like some, some man deep philosophy there. <laughs> that's a man deep right there. <laughs> All right, so just you know, in the, in the last 30 seconds while I was listening to other commercials, I came up with a sponsor. <laughs> I'm, I'm hard at it. Multitasking. Oh man, you can't you can't tell people we come up with this stuff. What are you talking about? Sponsors. I was on the phone while this was going on, getting us sponsors. It's important that we have money to to, to fund War Rocket Ajax and you know new new time chickens, right? So um, it's time for uh, you know last week energy drunk. You think energy drinks are a good thing? Well, how about if you've already drunk the energy drink last week and it still got you energized today? So last week, energy drunk. Remember, the only thing better than drinking is already being drunk. I, 
think some of us on this show have been taking part of that. <laughs> Isn't that just called liquid meth? Yes. <laughs> that, that's, that's the secret ingredient. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> All right. Put that one on the wheel of excuses. Uh, moving forward, we got to jump right into What Did You Watch? What did you watch? What did you watch? The well, hell since Mark's wanting to talk, Mark, what'd you watch this week? <laughs> well, I saw, uh, saw a new movie as about this jewel thief. Uh, he he robs this uh, uh, robs a whole bunch of jewelry and he tries to get away in a plane, and his plane crashes in Yellowstone Park. And to hunt him down, the forest rangers actually release a live bear to track him down. Uh, I think the name of the movie was Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> Is that the one where they uh, where they reserve the right to arm bears? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Not bear arms, but arm bears. It's the Fourteenth uh, Amendment. No, no, no. There's probably already one of those. That's suffrage in it. Danny, what you got? Man, that's all I got. I, I haven't been watching anything. Been way too busy focusing, like laser focused, on this show for this week and anything else would have just been a distraction speaking sure. of distraction i got to watch a uh, a documentary if you will uh, Damn even it. though it's 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 uh islands in the streams it's about the the dolly parton bathroom bathtub incident i can't even get it out <laughs> it would have been so much better if it was a bathroom incident <laughs> what streams uh, Oh, no. It's the uh, documentary about when Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds were stuck in a whirlpool bathtub for four days after a severe back injury. (laughs) It starred uh, Dolly Parton, Cheech Marin, (laughs) and Dabney Coleman as the crazy butler. (laughs) It was fun family entertainment. Islands in the stream. There you go. (laughs) I think I know what made the islands. There you go. You catch it on. All right, folks. Anybody got anything else for what did you watch? I think that's plenty. (laughs) (laughs) What did you watch? Did you watch stuff? Oh, did we watch some stuff? Except for Danny. Folks, we'll be right back after the Elsa. The Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Crossroad Deals. Learn to play that guitar real good. And loyal followers of Mongo like you. Hail Ming!
Alright folks, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed the little short break there with our sponsors and everything else that's going on. But like I said, finally, we get to talk about my favorite movie of all time. It kind of goes between this one and Phantom of the Paradise. You know, I noticed something the other day. All three of my favorite movies are all from the 70s. So I don't know if that's saying anything or not. I mean, this one just barely makes it, I guess, but who cares? It's 70s for me, baby. Y'all got a problem with that? No. No, I mean... No. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Just want to make sure. But before we get to talk about this movie, we have to have a synopsis. And I believe Danny, because he didn't get to watch anything and didn't get his, really any sponsors except for the one he got on the phone a while ago. Laser um, focused. Laser focused. <laughs> He found us a synopsis, and uh, who, who we got? Are we supposed uh, to say? Or I was really excited to get him. He's, he's a huge celebrity, and um, he didn't want to use his name, but I think we can all figure out who it is. Okay, let's see what we got. A real Superman here to give you a synopsis of a movie that requires no introduction. A movie whose popularity flies around the world. I tell you the truth. Trust this. In the American way, a movie about a man stronger than the trains, able to stop bullets, and never lets justice fail. A man and his dog. It's Tana and Hooch. Enjoy. Man, how did you get Dana Carvey? <laughs> well, what else That's is awesome. he doing, man? He's too funny to fail, apparently. He's chopping broccoli, man. <laughs> With his laser vision. And <laughs> <laughs> his dog. Turner and Hooch. Really well, excited about Turner and Hooch, y'all. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it heavy on you, man. I'm going to let you go first. What's the number one reason to watch Superman, the movie from 1978? I'm going to have to say because it stars one of the best actors of all time granted my opinion but i will stick by that christopher reeves this is a man who can take any part and just really make it soar uh, no pun intended uh, <laughs> i mean he stands up there in that suit and says i'm here to fight for truth justice in the american way and you buy it you do not doubt it for a second that this man is a wonderful actor if you and I'm not just saying that for Superman. I mean, look at some of his credits. Somewhere in Time, Noises Off, Death Trap. Christopher Reeves was a treasure. Wholeheartedly agree, man. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I can't, I mean, watching this, it's just, um, it's hard to believe that somebody can be so stern and friendly at the same time. You know, that, that's, what, that's what I remembered about it. And rewatching it, it's just true. You're kind of scared of him because of his powers, but it doesn't seem like he'd ever do the wrong thing. And and I think right. that's all Christopher Reeve, man. That's that's all his particular, you know, ambiance. It's his uh it's his aura. It's actually a really difficult role to play both Superman and Clark Kent and make them both believable. Um there was actually uh a time when they were considering uh, having Arnold Schwarzenegger playing uh playing Superman. But could you honestly see him playing Clark Kent? <laughs> Gee, Lois, that would be swell. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but Christopher Reeves pulls it off. He, wonderful actor. 
Yeah, it, it, again, you you have to have that character that makes this whole thing work. If you don't have the right, you know, person in that outfit, then what good is it? Yeah. And I know we could probably go on and on about all the other variations that we've had of Superman, but for me personally, I kind of have to agree he is my Superman. Yeah. Even though they made some clunkers after this one. <laughs> yeah, believe it or not, there actually was a time in history when DC Comics made really good movies and Marvel made really bad ones. And yeah. that's where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of flip-flopped. <laughs> All right, Danny, what you got? Man, you know, so I rewatched it, and as I, as I mentioned before we started recording, I, I, um, I had a, a copy of the extended. There's a lot of Krypton on this. Yeah, there's a lot of Krypton in, in that, and it was neat. You know, I thought they really did a good job with it. But what I'm going to say is, in that initial part, part it, it's in both the extended and the original cut. It's the the three villains from Krypton, and Terrence Stamp is there. He delivers oh, like, yeah. you know, he delivers like ten lines in this version, and he delivers like two in the in the the the, the movie cut. But Terrence Stamp, man. I got to give him a reason to watch the movie because like in his short span and definitely in part two, obviously he's just a great villain and uh, I can't not notice him. I mean, if they could, if they could have put somebody else there, it, it, I don't know, but he was great. And it's amazing too, because when you think of somebody going to be the bad guy in a, in an iconic story, it's hard to believe that Terrence Stamp is that guy, but he is just like Christopher Reeve. We were talking about, so believable you know he kind of looks like he could be a slime ball <laughs> you know yeah yeah he's very he soft-spoken like big... but it's menacing yeah right and just the way he, you know but it's up to you jarell yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's I mean, you join the, me the you know? menace I mean, in his in his presence there i mean I, I think it you know and and maybe it's not a top reason to watch it but that's where we're early in the movie and and just seeing him i was impressed yeah, but that also yeah, goes it, along with all the Krypton stuff. I'm going to throw that in there too. All the yeah. the practical effects they did to make Krypton look very alien, they really worked well. And yeah. uh, you know, all the, the big dome that they're in, and all the ice walls, and and the prison rings, you know, that they're, yeah, they they the got them in. Hoops, man. Yeah. Any, anytime you've ever had like a like a tire shop on the corner that was trying to get people's attention, they use that same thing where they just spin the two tires that are stuck together, but. But it really looked alien. I was like, wow, look at this crazy Krypton prison. It's just these two hula hoops keeping these people in check. I wonder what's up with that. I mean, everything on Krypton and, and Terrence Stamp is my first reason. I, I think it's great as, stuff. As a, as a kid, too, you know, because you don't know what he's saying. But, you know, when he said, you will bow before me. I always thought he said a bad word instead of heirs. <laughs> oh. Both you and then one day. <laughs> On that same note, the Phantom Zone itself, man. That one glass pane that's keeping them in another dimension flying through space, that was just amazing. That wasn't so great. And again, I I think that's the thing about what we're missing now is it almost feels like with all the CGI stuff, we've already seen it all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing that really made this movie and Star Wars so original was they were showing you stuff you've never really seen in a movie before. Krypton being a great example. You got to do something that makes it look different. And when you start looking at all the other movies that have come out, very rarely do you see something where you go, wow, that, now that's different, you know? And uh, I don't know. I think it's another reason this movie stands out like it does. My, my number one reason kind of ties into that is the fact of the movie 
just moves at such a rapid pace. You know, you never stay anywhere in a location for more than 10, 15 minutes. You're moving from Krypton being blown up to coming to Earth to being in Smallville to going to Metropolis to chasing the missiles. You know, to, I mean, it's just, it doesn't stand still. And I think I've always appreciated that. I think that might be part of the folly of, of the extended version because it does kind of hang out for a minute and explain things that before you just either didn't need explained or right. were fairly self-explanatory. Right. So, folks out there, I mean, most of the Blu-rays and stuff you're going to get nowadays is going to be all the extended cuts and stuff. But, you know, and apparently that's what Danny watched, and I've got it as well. But, you know, the extended cuts and stuff is fine. But I still, just like we talk about with Nightbreed, I still appreciate the the original released version the best. It, it's nice to see those extra things, but at the end of the day, it's not what made the movie so great. It, you you can see why they cut that stuff out. So, if you're going to watch the extended cut, uh, I would recommend watching the theatrical release first. Uh, yeah. That way, you know you can really appreciate the movie for what it was, and then go back and decide for yourself: would it be better to have kept this stuff in? Which is a great point because Mark and myself actually went and seen this in the theater and it was an original copy from 78 that they mm-hmm. showed. I mean, it still was real grainy and everything. And it was a fantastic experience, oh, you know, yeah. just to get to see it the way that it was supposed to have been seen back in the day. And, uh, yeah, loved it. Yeah. All right, we're, we're back around. Mark, what you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the fact that Lex Luthor thinks of himself as a criminal. <laughs> right. It, it it's so campy and over the top, but Gene Hackman really pulls it off somehow. He's just me, Lex Luthor, greatest criminal mind of this our century. I'm just like <laughs> you're actually thinking of yourself. I am a criminal, and I'm about to do criminal things. <laughs> you wouldn't see that in a movie today, <laughs> but for some reason, Hackman can pull it off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I, need to say the casting overall is just yeah, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was going to say Gene Hackman as as Lex Luthor is as unexpected a gem as uh, Michael Keaton as Batman. Exactly. Right. It's like you look at him, you're like Beetlejuice as Batman, or, or you know, you're, you're looking at Gene <laughs> Hackman Mom? and you're like Gene Hackman as as Lex Luthor. I mean, but Gene Hackman has proven his chops of being a villain in so many movies, particularly westerns. Oh yeah, and he's just great. And my favorite story, of course, there's all kinds of documentaries and stuff about the making of this. But when uh, when Richard Donner was, you know, getting the 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 cast and everything together, they got Gene Hackman in, which is one of the first big names. They had him and Brando were the names they used to promote this thing. We didn't even know who the the main person was because he was a nobody. But uh, Hackman came in and he had just grown this mustache out, and uh, he wanted to keep his mustache. And they were like, look, you know, we can't see this character having a mustache. It's Lex Luthor, right? And uh, so there was all this discussion about that. Richard Donner walked up to him and said, look, man, you got to shave off the mustache. He said, man, he said, I really want to keep it. Donner said, I'll tell you what, you shave off your mustache, I'll shave off mine. So they kind of made that kind of pact. So uh, next time we got together, Gene Hackman showed up, mustache was gone. He said, all right, Richard, you got to take yours off too. Richard just reached up and peeled it off. <laughs> he put on a fake mustache 
to talk Hackman into shaving his off. <laughs> I think I think it's a running joke that anybody who's ever gone to talk to Gene Hackman about something seriously during the uh, the filming of a movie wears a fake mustache now. <laughs> like, hey, Gene, what's up? It's like, hey, take that off. You you take that off before you talk to me. You son of a bitch. It's good, just good fun. All right, my my next reason, and it goes. I mean, it's the very beginning, man. Just the opening credits alone, mm-hmm. just excite me to my core, even to this day. The ma- the magic of of matching up the the music with those credits coming in is just movie magic for me, man. It just still excites me every time I see it. Um, and you see this kind of replicated, but you know they they kind of did it first, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> what did they do first? The opening credits with them oh. swooping in and going with the music and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, if you're talking about something hanging around too long. But they, they did the whole credit sequence that way. And so you didn't have yeah. anything at the end. Right. So, you know, yeah, definitely. I, I did actually right, watch the whole thing, too. Yeah. Um, well, it's okay. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. My reasons, my reasons. I'm going to go with the hard-nosed newspaper boss trope. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you see it in J. Jonah Jameson and, and and you know, if I were if I were a better man with better notes, I would have dude's name and the actor who played him. But I'm not. I'm neither of those things. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that him slamming down newspapers and, and complaining to everybody about not having a story about Superman that you know, or or just he's great. And that it's, character it's is Cooper. so important. <laughs> now that character Jackie is Cooper. Jackie Cooper. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember him in the uh, in the honeymooners. Great. <laughs> he was he was in the he was in Little Rascals actually. <laughs> I think I work with him. I think he works at my my <laughs> office now. Like you know, he comes in, he, he picks up all the shredded paper in the bags, throws it in the back of the truck. <laughs> you know, hard times befall everyone, and you know we we can. I'll start a GoFundMe on the uh, Hail Ming page. We maybe we can get him back to greatness. Dude. <laughs> Jackie Cooper's been dead for, I don't know, 25, 30 years. That does not mean that people can't give to the GoFundMe. I mean, the the money is obviously going to go somewhere important. And it might go to me, but just realize that when you give to this GoFundMe, you are returning him to greatness through me. (laughs) Not my point. My point is that he's great. I mean, the way he kicks around, you know, Lois Lane, Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, it tells them to get off their butts and get to work. It's just a and don't call me sugar. Yeah, you got to have that guy. You got to have that guy because you know he's just he's a trope for a reason. He makes the whole scene entertaining. Yeah, he gets this great moment in there when they're trying to get somebody get an interview with Superman for the first time. <laughs> he says, "Whoever winds up with this interview is going to have the single greatest interview since God talked to Moses." Talk to Moses. <laughs> <laughs> Lois, does he have a girlfriend? Clark, what's his favorite color? And he almost answers him. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but what you got on that cable? His batteries. (laughs) Mark, Um, I'm going to say, you know, for me, this is the defining Superman moment. Is when he catches the helicopter. Yeah. (laughs) That whenever I think of Superman. This is it. Uh, Lois Lane is on a helicopter getting ready to go somewhere. There's an accident and it falls down. It's like hanging off the top of the Daily Planet building. Uh, she's 
almost fallen out of it. She's hanging on for dear life. And here comes Superman. He rips open his shirt. You see the big S symbol on his chest. Changes. Flies up. Grabs Lois as as she's falling down. And then with his other hand grabs the helicopter and lifts them both back up to safety. I'm like, that is Superman right there. Absolutely. And and the flying. I mean... This could be a reason all itself, so I'll just I'll just hold off on that. But I mean, in this particular scene is another one. They have him flying all kinds of different ways, and all of the effects are practical and they all look good. And so much of that goes back to Christopher Reeve as well. I've I've heard him talk about he was the one that he had an understanding of, of aviation. He knew that you know if you were going to force your body to go a certain way, moving the arms a certain direction and stuff would make that kind of motion more fluid. So they worked a lot with that, and so much of that depended on his body language. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was always a big sell for me, too, especially when he when he sets the helicopter down, and he sets Lois down, and he talks about flying still the safest way to travel, and then he takes off flying, and he does this kind of a straight up, but then he goes towards his back, over his back, like over mm-hmm. his head, like he's going to do a flip. And it looks so natural. Yeah. And you're going, wait a minute. If the cables are on your shoulders or on your back, how do you make your body do that? You know? Yeah. So, pretty pretty interesting. But yeah, I think I think so too. Actually, I've got the very first flight scene, which he's you know he's in the Fortress of Solitude. That whole scene mm-hmm. after he's talked to his dad for however many years it is, and then he comes flying at the screen, and it's real slow paced, which to me makes it work i don't expect him to just go you know it's a gradual you know kind of coming at the screen and then he does his arms to the side and he goes flying off the screen to the left it's just it's amazing and that was the whole point of the movie you'll believe a man can fly you know that that was the selling you know tagline and you know to this day those effects still look great there's the things they could fix absolutely but you could say that about any movie if you go back and look at them yeah so yeah big big point well but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just that it's not just that he flies in a blue screen. It's not just that he he vaults and they and they don't cut away from him flying up and then show him landing somewhere. But they actually show him taking off for a few you know hundred feet. Yeah, you know yeah. it's not it's the fact that they do all these things. It's every time he flies, they show a different aspect of it. So it isn't just like one effect that, that by the end you've figured out. And, right. and I think that's what makes it yeah. work, is that the flying character was as much a character as anything else. You know, the villain, the hero, the, the plot, the, the origin, they were all elements. And the flying was as big an element of this movie as anything else. Because, you know, you will believe a man can fly. A big thing for me, and again, it's just a kind of a watermark for this movie, but you guys have noticed that it's, it's got to be the director of photography. But there's, there's this kind of a, a haze on the screen at all times that there it has a unique look to it and i don't know man there, there's there's something about it that kind of gives you that it's kind of a dream state kind of way that it's shot but there is there's like a light kind of haze that's on everything and it kind of smooths everything out kind of like a soft I don't focus i know if you guys have ever i don't know if you've ever noticed that it's not it's not a lens flare you know <laughs> but it's that same kind of effect where it's, it's giving a personality to that particular movie and that's always stood out to me. Well, now that you mention it, the very uh, beginning of the movie is uh, a little boy reading a comic book and like uh, flipping right. the page, and he's uh, reading the narration. 
and then you go into it from there. And I think that like right. hazy effect kind of like emphasizes that in. you're in yeah. this yeah. this story that's uh, uh, it's almost uh, it's almost meta if you you think about it like that. So, exactly. Um, so. And it's yeah, really it's really apparent when he's in Smallville. You see it a lot in Smallville. Yeah, yeah. I never really thought about it until you mentioned it, but yeah, it gives that kind of uh, uh, otherworldly effect there. I, I think that it boils down to the fact that the whole thing is just a dream that uh, Jimmy Olsen is having. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the extended cut, right? <laughs> right, right. It was in, oh, oh, my God. What's wrong, Jimmy? I, I just had this weirdest dream. Yes. <laughs> It's and not you were good. in it. And you. And you. <laughs> <laughs> and Auntie M. <laughs> you were a bald-headed guy that hated everybody. <laughs> you will do your chores, son of Jorah. <laughs> okay, we're going off Both the rails you, now. <laughs> and one day, your ass! <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, Danny, what you got? <laughs> one day, your ass will kneel down. Uh, I'm going to have to tell people that now. One day, your ass will kneel down. I know that much for sure. Um, okay, so Lex Luthor and his entourage. I mean, they should get yeah. separate. They, yeah. they should get separate billing, but like, it's just... I don't know why it, it's in the movie, but the three of them are magical. I mean, I love Miss Tessmacher, and yep. I always have. And, and Ned Beatty is Otis. I mean... The, the comedy that that brings to it, I don't know, it, it's just part of the whole package of movies at this time, where, where every movie was an action movie, and every movie was a comedy, every movie had some mystery, and they weren't pigeonholed into one genre. And the fact that Le- right. Lex Luthor has a goofy sidekick and a hot sidekick, and they kind of have these little back and forths, is a, is a reason why it works. I was going to say, Miss Testmacher uh, wasn't a character from the comics. She was made up specifically for this movie and yet she's translated over into into the comics and into other mediums uh, involving superman um in fact uh there's a professional wrestler on her real name's brooke adams and she took on the name miss Tessmacher as her alter ego so look up uh wrestler miss Tessmacher and then thank me later because she's really hot <laughs> <laughs> Well, I specifically have it in my notes right here. The hotness of Miss Tassmacher. <laughs> I mean, come on. My notes she's actually My notes actually just said I mean, she's smoking that cigarette, but she's smoking super smoking while she's smoking that cigarette. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you get her in the red dress, you get Larry oh, yeah. Hagman out there with the army guys, and you try to give her mouth to mouth and all that stuff. It's hilarious. I'd, I'd like to take her to Otisburg, right? <laughs> <laughs> Otisburg? It's a really small place in Mr. Luthor. <laughs> it's a small it's a small place. <laughs> Tessmarker's got her own oh. place, so I'm just right here. Yeah. It, it's I, funny that we're talking about all this stuff and we're laughing about it, but I think that's really the beauty of this movie again. One, you're getting wild with some great special effects. You're dealing with an iconic character. But it's the exact case of what we said about the Marvel stuff. Don't take yourself so serious. You know, there's nothing wrong with making it entertaining. You don't have to be brooding and dark and realistic. I mean, you're in a fantasy world. That's what this is about. And that's, again, I think that's bottom line what makes this work so well. 
And unfortunately, for reasons you've said, it might not work now just because things have gotten so sophisticated that you'd end up comparing it to com- comparing it to superhero Aquaman. movies of the day, right? <laughs> and, and in a lot of ways, it's a much better I mean, movie, but but just like it it it, it suffers from age. And I hate to say that sure, because it's a does. classic, but it suffers from age in a way that it would probably be hard to watch again. Nah. <laughs> I, I mean, to me, it's, uh, again, Miss Tassmacher. I don't care how old you get. My notes actually said, Miss Tassmacher! Miss <laughs> <laughs> <Ms>. Tassmacher! <laughs> All right, Danny, that brings up you, man. All right. That that was me. That was me. It was Otis and Miss Tessmacher. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. And Otis. Marky Mark. Come on now. Uh, I will say the nerd catches the bullet. <laughs> uh, when <laughs> <laughs> when uh, Clark Kent and Lois That's Lane scary. are walking down the, the street uh, and they get mugged. but And I have to say, first off, the muggers in Metropolis... They are the best dressed muggers I have ever seen in my well life. Well dressed, aren't they? They are snappy dressers, man. Guy in a nice sharp jacket and button up shirt. He's holding the gun on him. Looks like a and, bookie. I believe he's even got a, like a Rolex on, and he's uh, he's that desperate to find money, you know. Uh, he, he's willing to take twenty bucks out of a purse instead of selling that watch. But, uh, but uh, Lois tries to like trick him and giving the purse over and she drops it and when he bends over she tries to kick the gun out of his hand and uh he shoots and in this one fluid motion uh clark reaches over grabs the bullet leans back and falls down against the wall and acts like he fainted and (laughs) it's just so such a beautiful moment and you see him like later after lois isn't looking like he'll open his hand and see the slug of the bullet in there and he just throws it away there is such a perfect Clark Kent Superman moment. <laughs> it's one they actually paid tribute to in the Wonder Woman movie when they had uh, her and Steve Trevor were in the, the alleyway and somebody tried to shoot Steve and she reaches over and like stops it with her bracelet. It was the exact yeah. same setup there. So the legend lives oh, yeah. on. <laughs> sir, you can't, uh, you can't fix society's problems uh, with a gun. <laughs> you know, sir, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to turn over a new leaf right after I knock off this lady's purse. <laughs> I think maybe that guy just, you know, every time he mugs somebody, he just takes their stuff and puts it on. You know, like that day, that was just a really good day. It's like, give me your jacket. Okay. You know, give me he goes your home and it's, he's kind of like Henry, like, right? Hey, look what I got today. Guitar. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Really like I need a purse to go with this jacket. <laughs> For me. It kind of ties into what we were just talking about. I got bad guy shenanigans, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, the whole library scene is just one of my favorites, man. Oh, M. Mister Luthor, <laughs> uh, when he's you know reading the, the the articles and all that stuff, and and coming up with the idea of the kryptonite and all that. Just yeah. the, the introduction of Otis is amazing. Yeah, uh, Otis, you were being followed, and he you know freaks out and all that stuff. The uh, <laughs> Otis, you want to see a really long arm? You want to see a long arm, Otis? <laughs> and, then, and that's another thing that was in the extended scene was, was you know, Otis was walking in, and I remembered that. But, like, there, there's an extra little thing where the two cops that are following him, who I never knew were cops or they were reporters or what, and one of them goes, hey, is that really him? He could lead us to the big man, and then we'd make captain in a week. 
And it was kind of one of these voiceovers yeah. that it was like they didn't they didn't believe that the audience was smart enough to figure out what was going on. So they mm-hmm. added this this little thing. And then when they cut it out, it was perfectly fine. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't yeah. necessary. But that yeah, that's great. I remember that from my childhood is that whole like the guy leaning against oh, the wall man. figuring that it was it would open up for him. Yeah, thing. Absolutely. And then oh, dude. Luther just pushing him out with that little button. That's mm. just so mean you know <laughs> it, it's so nonchalant and villainous at the same time it's like i don't really care about this guy i'll just throw him in front of a train <laughs> yeah something i always got about uh i always felt about uh lex luther and otis's like relationship is that luther always prided himself on being smarter than everybody else so he like otis may not be the <laughs> the first person on your list to do anything right <laughs> But he keeps him around. I'm so because, smart. I'm gonna pick the dumbest guy I can find. Exactly. <laughs> like it makes me feel better to know I'm so much smarter than Otis that I keep him around for that reason. There. So. But it works. It's, it's kind of like when you go bar hopping, you want to take like the person that's not as attractive as you, right? Exactly. <laughs> Otis is the perfect wingman. <laughs> I love the fact of, you know, after he puts the wrong numbers in the in the rocket and. Luther just totally lets go of the steering wheel on the van and starts attacking him. That whole scene's hilarious. And then the next time you see him hauling that trailer across that bridge, Otis got a big black eye, you know? <laughs> so, you know, Luther just, just tore into him. All right. Danny, what you got? Superman replacing the train rail. Oh, yeah. That oh, scene, yeah. I mean, like, it may just be like like the mugging scene. It's just one element of the movie. It's it's one tiny little little scene. But when he gets on the train tracks and lines himself up and puts his head down for the for the train to go over him. That is one of the scenes that as a child I just I thought was amazing. Yeah. And you know, like it doesn't yeah. you know, I don't know that it makes sense. You know, like I don't know that the that the wheels would run over him and they then he would match up with the tracks. It doesn't matter. It's just a really <laughs> awesome optic. You know, the the look of it and the feel of it and the whole scenario is just great. Here's what always amazed me is he's the man of steel, but, you know, is that outfit made out of steel? Because would that cape get trapped in the wheels or anything? Just saying, you know. It, all the, it's almost all like the, he would need to be face faced up. The outfit was made out of the Kryptonian blankets that came with him from Krypton, right? Yeah, And, and luckily, so Martha Kent had a uh, kryptonite sewing needle, so she was able to pierce the, the fabric here. So. <laughs> of course she did. Oh, One yeah. time she stabbed him with it. He was sick for like four weeks. <laughs> uh, anyways, it, 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 it's still, it's magic. That's what's great about it. Magic. <laughs> magic. <laughs> All right, Mark, what you got? Um, I'm going to have to say the music. Uh, the That Absolutely. iconic Superman theme song. Um, I heard... Uh, an audio commentary on a Superman animated series and Bruce Tim was talking about the, the music on his show and he made a very good point saying uh, in order to have a good Superman theme you have to be able to sing the word Superman and right. I, I don't think there's anybody who who hasn't at some point just sat down and went Superman, Superman, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I mean, <laughs> Superman! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, the music was just perfect. <laughs> it's the same guy that gave us Star Wars. <laughs> Nothing but Star, but Star Wars. <laughs> These are not Car Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill Murray. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, to me, of course, again, I'm partial, but this is my favorite theme of any kind for any movie. This is my favorite theme. And if you guys don't mind, I was thinking about even tagging my my rendition of the Superman theme on the end of the show. If you guys are okay with that. What? I'm okay with that. <laughs> no. All right. Of course, oh. What are you even talking about? Okay. <laughs> you had a Clash of the Titans song you put on our Titan. You didn't ask me then. You know, well, it's when it goes release the Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. It says, yeah, a bunch. It does say, yeah, a bunch. No, I mean, I, I, I love your rendition of it. I, I think it's fantastic. Well. And what do you want to add it to? You know, you can add it to the, uh, the, the page where I start that GoFundMe for. Uh, for dude, too, you know. Okay, for Jackie Cooper. <laughs> for Jackie Gleason. I mean, Cooper. Jackie for- Cooper, <laughs> GoFundMe page. Hey, you know what? <laughs> Jackie Alice Cooper. <laughs> DB's other brother. DB, yeah, DB Cooper, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I've always I, I thought that, a- that in order to have a good theme, you had to be able to sing DB Cooper's name to it. DB Cooper. <laughs> DB Cooper. DB Cooper. DB Cooper. Hey, you know. Yeah. What? Perfect opportunity for you to make a for a commercial, you know, for later on is you know you could do a actual you know GoFundMe commercial for for Jackie Cooper. Do they did GoFundMe have commercials? Like I thought it was just you threw it up there, you know, on your social media platform and said, "Please give me money." We've got commercials now. Well, that, that's what do you go? Hi, I'm Jackie right. Cooper. Please give me money. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take out some money to to go like make a radio commercial for my GoFundMe account. <laughs> like, hi, do well, you, you live do in the Nashville area and that. do you want to give money? Do to a GoFundMe for my radio commercial to raise money for my GoFundMe for my for my TV commercial. <laughs> that's kind of how He Man happened. <laughs> oh my God, He Man! Oh, didn't we tell you? There's a movie. There is. <laughs> Oh, there's a cartoon. It, it, Do you know about that? Oh, this, there's a comic book, too. It says this toy is for, like, three-year-olds and up. And you have a comic book? Three-year-olds don't read? Oh, yeah, well, there's a show. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best ever. Yeah. I mean, it's almost as great as keeping it in the Superman theme, but the whole death of Superman idea where the guy was telling uh, Kevin Smith of what he wanted in oh, the script. God. Right, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to see him fly because it always looks terrible. I don't want to see him in that stupid outfit, and I want him to fight a giant spider. <laughs> Living in the wild, wild west, <laughs> the Thanagarian trap beast or snare beast. I remember when Brainiac shows up. <laughs> Brainiac shows exactly. up at his fortress of solitude, and he has to fight the polar bear bodyguards. <laughs> it's like, why does he need bodyguards? He's Superman. <laughs> Anyway, watch for a Death, for Death of Superman Lives episode coming soon, because that documentary is bonkers. It's, it's amazing. All right, uh, is it my turn? I think it's your turn. <laughs> sure, it's my turn. Uh, uh, it just My notes just say Otis Berg. <laughs> Otis Berg. <laughs> and it's so funny that that scene would even happen, really. When you think about, you know, 
he's <laughs> he's got the map there on his floor. Superman's standing there, and he's just explaining this plot to him of breaking off half the coast and creating his own coast. And you're going, how's this even a conversation? <laughs> I mean, it's not like this guy hasn't done bad stuff already. You could just grab him and take off with him. But no, we're going to sit here and, you know, get the the whole plot of what's happening here. But I know I'm dissing on my own movie here, but still, what a scene. It's the uh, villain reveal. The only difference is that, that Superman couldn't really be shackled to anything, so they just didn't bother. You know, you pointed out something to me that I I never noticed in the movie before. But uh, when he's got the uh, the new territory written on the map, and Otisburg was written in there, uh, in the background, didn't it have like Miss Tessmacher's Twin Peaks or something? Like that? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> and you know, I remember. Yep. I remember watching it as a kid, and I thought when he when he shatters the the map, I thought underneath it is where it had all the the new land masses. But in rewatching it, it's just you know he has Otis come out with this big mylar blue plastic yeah. thing and lay it down on top of where it would be. It was kind of disappointing. Yep. I mean, but then at the end of the scene, he does shatter the thing <laughs> with his with his cane. I just don't understand right. why if they're going to shatter it anyway, they didn't just put the stuff underneath it. I guess, you know, give Otis something to do. It's the, it's the whole presentation of the thing, see? Yeah. And, you know, how would Otis have written his name on the thing if it was underneath the... the how would... Yeah, I don't know. Never mind. It wouldn't... Yeah, right. Yeah. Just on that thought, <laughs> the fact that he had this available to make a presentation on his evil plan was just beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Who do you go to? <laughs> you know, do you go to a Kinko's and say, hey, I need a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, uh, a map here where um, half this falls off in the ocean and uh, rename all these towns. <laughs> you think well, he, you can do that on a piece of glass? <laughs> what he, he wasn't this for? Really I'm like, going to tell my arch enemy everything I'm about to do. <laughs> he wasn't really shy about you his plan either. can't tell anybody. Either. He wasn't really shy about his plan. I mean, like, people couldn't figure out that, that he went and bought all that cheap real estate in California and then it suddenly became beachfront. I mean... People were gonna know. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, you would think. <laughs> Maybe not. All right, Danny. Oh boy. Well, um, so yeah, that that's all I have specifically. Actually, um, I'm gonna say that the that, that Krypton had like a a reactor core that looked like the one out of uh, Total Recall. And I was wondering if there's like a galactic oh, contractor yeah. that went around just making that different places, and. Uh, if that's what it did, you know, if, if Krypton is an example, then maybe Mars should watch out. But, um, I, you know, I, I pointed that out. You know, I, I mentioned Otis. I mean, the movie altogether is great. The extended version is not worth it. The humor's on point. I, that's all my reasons, though. Mark? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Lois Lane's pink panties. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, man. so there's a, a point where she's interviewing Superman, trying to... Uh, figure out his powers and he says he can see through solid objects and he's like oh yeah what color's my underwear and he starts looking and she's like oh i i embarrassed you because no no it's not that it's your uh your planters they're they're made of lead and i can't see through lead and she's like oh that's interesting and she starts writing and she walks a little step away and turns to say something and goes pink <laughs> just just a cutesy yeah yeah <laughs> 
Oh, I'm sorry, I embarrassed you. And then she's like, "Do you like pink?" He's, I like pink a whole lot, Lois. <laughs> that, that's not the extended version. <laughs> I do have to say that the, you you reminded me though. I, I do have one more note that Lois Lane dying in that car is brutal. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is, man. It's brutal. Claustrophobic as it gets, man. And and like it's so Which, long. I guess they want to make sure you realize the impact it's going to have by showing you just how terrible it is. But uh, but watching that again, I mean, that's it's painful. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And that whole lead up to that, you know, the gas station blowing up and the the fault and all, it has such a 70s catastrophe feel to it, man. Sure. It's got yeah. that, you know, earthquake, you know, those those type of movies where that kind of thing happens, but man, when that car starts going down in there and it just starts filling up. Oh. Man, that's that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. And the the fact that, you know, Superman's on the other side of the the country and he can't do anything about it is just you know if he was nearby he could just save her like that, but yeah, that sure. was that was hard. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course the, the scene, you know, when he when he does find her oh, and yeah. the, the 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 part where he stands up and he gets that thing and just takes off, it's like, "Whoa." Yeah, that's a, that's an intense scene, man. That whole that whole thing, man. That's mm-hmm. That's a wide range of acting there he's going through too, because oh, yeah. you know you go through the the remorse and the crying, and then all of a sudden he's just pissed. Good <laughs> and stuff, I think that man. that speaks to it. You know, like Mark reminded me of that when he mentioned the the pink panty scene, and I think that shows you the gamut of the the movie. It goes from you know a lighthearted little, yeah, I can I can yeah. see your panties, and and all the way to the love of my life has been killed, and I couldn't do anything about it. I mean, it's it's um, it's both. It's it's every kind of story put in one and i think they do a really great yeah. job with it and uh, again that's part of that magic because even after he saves you know lois from the helicopter then you've got the big night on on the town that he does where he you know he, he saves air force one the uh, the criminals on the boat you've got uh <laughs> the cat in the tree you know so you're breaking the, it up with these things you know the cat in the tree mom this guy came out of the sky i told you to stop telling lies you know all that stuff is I don't know, man. It's just movie magic. Yeah. Uh, catching the dude that's climbing up the side of the building. Right. Well, that's just great. You know, that guy sitting there at his desk and, you know, he just happens to go, nah, that wasn't anything. Uh, the big thing for me, too, the whole foreshadowing <laughs> thing, when when Glenn Ford dies, who's one of my favorite actors of all time, so he mm. plays, you know, Clark Kent's dad in Smallville. And when he dies, and you get the the speech at the funeral, which you gotta you have to really admire all these big open wide shots that are crane shots, beautiful landscapes, and they're at the funeral, and he's like all these powers, and I couldn't even save him, and that comes back to haunt him with with the lowest thing, you know, when she passes away, and then you get the conflict of the two fathers. You get the father saying, you know, you're here for a reason, and the other one's going, it is forbidden for you to you know mess with human history and. You know, so that conflict, which I know was initially supposed to be saved for part two, but they had to rush it. So the the whole ending of the movie for part one was actually supposed to be in part two, but they had issues and they just used the ending for part two and part one. There you go. Uh, But yeah, that's always the thing people always talk about is spinning the world backwards on its axis, which, again, it's a movie. You Mm -hmm. know, we just saw, you know. Thanos snap his fingers and everybody come back and nobody seems to really care, you know? <laughs> so, you know, I guess if they can do that, then, you know, then Superman can spin the world backwards. Yeah, it's just, a, it's a different kind of suspension of disbelief. 
you know, now they need to, like I said, they need to be a little more sophisticated about the way they do it because there are too many people out there that try to explain away or argue these things. And, you know, you, you can imagine how lambasted that movie a- would be if it was made today, that he spins the world backward, you know, and, and everybody suddenly would be an astrophysicist, right? I mean, everything, right. all of a sudden they would be like, you know what would really happen? And then they'd Google search it and then they'd tell you what they pretended they already knew. But you know they're they're missing which the is, point that it's theater, you know. Which is a yeah, which is a big problem that we have because hey, folks, it's just a movie. <laughs> I didn't put up a banner at the beginning of saying everything in this is factual, <laughs> you know. And that's that's a huge problem I got. And even though I do the same things, because again, you know, the Aquaman movie just felt like a just an insult <laughs> to me. Uh, it's just so. Fabricated. Anyways, I'm not getting on that one again. Uh, yeah, we're all kind of guilty of it. But at the same time, man, you, you have to have that sense of disbelief. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a fairy tale. That's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, you leave you leave reality at the door when you walk in. You're not going to go watch a Thor movie and expect to see things that are factual. And I think we can all or agree. Godzilla. That, I think we can all agree that the only factual thing that... that really existed in the Superman movie was was that if you came from a planet with a different sun, you know, radiation would make you super powerful. That's that's sure. a fact. That's proven. Yeah, but unfortunately they, they, they you won't live past forty. <laughs> and like if you send they a rat that in part four with with nuclear man, you know oh, that's, that's true, right. Yeah. <laughs> Destroy Superman. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Love that guy. Alright guys. When are we Anybody doing Superman four? Uh, well, since we were talking about it, the the turning back time thing, uh, I love that scene. Not not for, you know, the reasons that everyone else says or uh, for thinking that the science might be wrong or whatever. I love the fact that he turns back time just enough to save the people he cares about. <laughs> and then stops. <laughs> <laughs> like there's still a nuclear blast that damn still explodes. There's still all this going on, but I got Lois, so I'm good. <laughs> I think ostensibly he already saved. I mean, all who those needs hacking? Right? Who, who needs hacking sack New Jersey? Right? I exactly. Mean, <laughs> well, he had to stop that one first. <laughs> right. He promised. He promised. But yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. I mean, in, I guess it's something that again you have to just decide that that's something you're not going to think about. You know, like the, the idea is that you had a connection as the audience with that one person. So having him go back to save that one person was important to you, right? And that—that's kind of how the story is told. But yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. We could pick it apart all day for sure. Sure, but we can do that to any of them because you could take Man of Steel and say, you know, well, when he's fighting Z- uh, Zod there, and he just you know uses his lasers, laser eyes, and he kills like forty civilians. <laughs> <laughs> that are standing over there in the way, you're like, you know, maybe I should go fight this guy somewhere else, you know? <laughs> so don't kill everybody. <laughs> but I don't think you could really pick apart Man of Steel. I mean, it, that, that thing's pretty much airtight. Filming. <laughs> uh, we haven't had any of those yet. Everything else I've said has been completely yeah. true. Filming. 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 Helming. Make it up for lost time, ain't you? Helming. Break it down. <laughs> you got anything else, Mark? Uh, I think we're good. 
Alright, that brings us up to... Rating time. time. Rating time. Marky Mark. Let's see. I will have to give this movie 10 out of 10 Phantom Zones flying through space. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You will um, bow down to me. You and your ass. Both you. Was <laughs> <laughs> it not kid? I thought that's what he said. <laughs> hey, man. It was, it was. I didn't know what airs meant. <laughs> you and your ass. <laughs> Hey, they knew what Marlon It sounded Brando's more efficient. It's like, man, this is a bad dude. <laughs> you know, a lot of scenes in a lot of movies would be a lot better if you just take that word and substitute it there. <laughs> the, so the vote Samuel must L. be Jackson's un- made a whole career out of that. <laughs> the vote must be unanimous. It is you who shall decide, and it is you who I shall bring my wrath upon. You and your ass. <laughs> Both. And one day, yours! <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 Miss Tessbacher uh, Tess uh, Twin Peaks. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm, I'm going to have to give it 39 uh, Alien Reactor Cores. <laughs> You know, a, a la uh, yes. Total Recall and Krypton before the fall. <laughs> Give them people air. Oh. Give them your Both air. And then one day, your ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We'll be right back. Hello, new West Coast, my West Costa del Lex, Lutherville, Marina del Lex, Otisburg. Say that again, Lex. Otisburg. What's the charm? It's a little bitty place. No better destination for a weekend getaway. Otisburg? Except no substitute for your trip to the new West Coast. Call 1-800-OTISBURG. That's right. O-T-I-S-B-U-R-G for the getaway of a lifetime. We'll be waiting. Rick, Danny, it's me. I hope you can forgive me for what I've done. I know when you brought me aboard War Rocket Ajax and showed me the time machine, it was with the express purpose that we use it to watch movies, but never interfere with them. But after watching Superman, I realized there's only so much a person can take. A man has to do what is right, even if it goes against all the rules. I hope you can forgive me once you see what I've done. The following movie is rated T for time corrected. That's him right there. There he is. Get a shot. Who's that? You must be new. That is Bruce Wayne. Mr. Wayne. Clark Kent, Daily Planet. What's your position on the bat vigilante in Gotham? I have the strangest feeling that I am about to be utterly and madly carried away. Yes, I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. How strange. I close my eyes and I dream of something quite astonishingly different. I'm sure you don't really mean that. Let's go. Boys! Mm. 
Boom! Bruce Wayne meets Clark Kent. I love it. I love bringing people together. How are we? Lex. Hi, hello. Lex, it is a pleasure. Ow, wow, that is a good grip. You should not pick a fight with this person. A routine question. Have you recently sold any war surplus submarines? And if so, to whom? It's history. It's happening, Superman. Mr. Rocket! Yes, Lex? Where's the rocket now? It's going like a bat over the Grand Canyon. Stop the other one. The other one? There's two of them? Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah, Superman, double jump. Even you with your great speed couldn't stop both of them. While I, on the other hand, could stop them with my detonator. Here, take my bat radio. I looked it up this morning. That class of missile receives on a wavelength of 164.1. You can't just stand there. Innocent people, millions of innocent people die. You're gonna go to war. No, you can't win this. It's suicide. The greatest gladiator match in the history of the world. Son of Krypton versus Bat of Gotham. You filthy criminals. <laughs> I can give as good as I get. Wreck this place with my dying breath! like us to tamper with the laws of nature. What have you done? argument in favor of international relations. Starring Christopher Reed, Adam West, Linda Carter. Batman v Superman. Dawn of Super Friends. This time, we get it right. Alright folks, that's gonna do it for this episode. And I don't even have to say it. You guys know where I stand on this one. This is this is absolutely my favorite movie. When when I'm taking a sick day from work or whatever, chances are I'm going to sit down and watch this movie again. So When you have a chance, just wrap a towel around your shoulders, pretend to fly, and enjoy a movie. <laughs> Isn't that how you got that scar? You, Actually, you, yes. Uh, I, have a, <laughs> I have a dent on my nose from when I was a kid. I, I was playing Superman. I wrapped the towel around my my shoulders, I jumped from one end to the bed to the other, and cracked my nose right on the headboard. There. <laughs> so, I still have a Superman nice. wound to this day. <laughs> so, this is the advice he's given y'all, y'all. I just said put on the <laughs> towel. I didn't, I didn't say jump off the bed there. Just put on the towel. <laughs> Important distinction. Just put on the towel. Don't pretend you are Superman. That could cause problems. Turns out I was the man of flesh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know, I think it's important to, to to give the movie the distinction of when it was made, but also to realize it has tremendous performances, it has great actors and actresses in it, 
And um, it's a lot of fun if you can just uh, if you can just let go of what superheroes have become and take a look at where they started. And just like in any case, man, I mean, there's there's things that you're like, man, why wouldn't they just go back and fix that? I always think of, the, you know, when he's running home from school and you know he's running past the train, <laughs> yeah. you know. I remember in the theater when it came out, people even laughing then because, you know, they didn't know how to pull that off back then. But uh, it's got a unique charm. But it's one of those things you're like, man, why wouldn't they just go back and, you know, superimpose, you know, something differently there, you know. But uh, it pays off when it backs away and you see the the two roads coming together and you see the car coming one way and you see him running up that hill super fast like in Benny Hill motion. (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks, uh, don't forget, look out for Jackie Cooper's uh, fund me, GoFundMe page. Uh, that's, a, that's a good cause. Uh, we'll try to get it to him as soon as possible, ASAP. Uh, you trust us. Guys, y'all got anything else you want to say? Right on, my brothers. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the show. I don't, I don't think we have any idea of what we're doing next uh, in the next four months. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on taking a break. I mean, this, uh, this you, was a... This was a lot of work putting out one episode. Holy cow! I, I'm going to need to start a uh, GoFundMe uh, myself because I just uh, I just stole the line from the witch of "Go rock on, my brother." So I need to go pay him something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys, don't forget to, to check out uh, Secret Lair, which is Mark's show that he's got going on that's under the Helming moniker as well. Um, and we'll get together here and, and try to figure out what we want to do next. Better yet, if you guys have a movie that you would like for us to cover, just uh, give us a shout-out there on the Facebook page or whatever and let us know, hey, I think you guys could do a good rendition on this one. We'd be glad to do it if you'll donate to the Jackie Cooper GoFundMe page. <laughs> These all sound like good ideas. <laughs> uh, that's it for me, guys. Hey, you know, Danny Bennett we'll see signing you off. Enjoy. Enjoy. Adios, suckers. Whoa! <laughs> What does it take to be a hero? Swooping in where there's a need? Doing something of consequence for someone in trouble, even if you aren't on their side? Taking direct action when necessary for the needy? Saving Hackensack, New Jersey? Here's to a hero, Miss Tessmacher. Well, goodbye and good night. And remember, actions speak louder than catchphrases. Stay strong, humble minions. Till next time.